When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino, Jeff Fiegels with you for the next 60 minutes as we're here to break down all that is happening with the New York football Giants in multiple ways. You can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat, or you can interact with each of us on our own Twitter handles. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So today, as we do each and Every offseason, we are going to begin our 2022 opponent previews, and we're going to try to go in order of where the Giants are going to face them during the course of the regular season. So here we go. Week one, Giants will visit the Tennessee Titans, and that is where we're going to start. And to break down Tennessee and what they will look like in the upcoming campaign, we are now joined by Red Bryan, the pregame host for the Titans Radio Network. Red, you got Lance, Paul, and Jeff here on Giants.com. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Greatly appreciate the time today. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Uh, it's great. Just getting ready for another uh, exciting season. And uh, it's hot as the blazes down here. We've had uh, triple, <laughs> triple uh, digit heat. Uh, something we haven't had here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, training camp is just around the corner, and here we go. 2022 season is about to get underway. Absolutely. The type of weather that you could cook an egg on the sidewalk. That is always certainly comfortable to have to deal with at this time of the year. But let's start with the elements in play for the Tennessee Titans. And I know there's a lot of talk about with Malik Willis coming in or Ryan Tannehill's long-term future. The bottom line is, Red, when the Giants play the Titans week one, barring an injury, Tannehill's going to be the quarterback. So I don't want to necessarily start there. I want to start with the guys protecting Ryan Tannehill because this was a team, I think this gets overlooked. They gave up 47 sacks last season. I know they had some injuries with Taylor Luan. Roger Saffold leaves this offseason. He joins Buffalo. How would you best assess the state of the trenches as they look to get the running game going with Derrick Henry and protect Ryan Tannehill this season? Well, right now, the 2022 offensive line is to be determined. Uh, we've gone through OTAs recently in a mini camp last week, and uh, so they're working out guys at multiple spots. The Taylor one will return us the left tackle. I do believe the second-round pick in last year's draft uh, from North Dakota State, Dylan Radens will end up being the right tackle in this. They, although they did draft Nicholas Petit Frere uh, from Ohio State, Ben Jones returns at center. Nate Davis returns at right guard in the final year of his rookie deal. And at left guard, a lot of work has been done by Jamarco Jones, who uh, you know Mike Rabel knows from his days at Ohio State. Of course, he's was uh, you know pretty pretty decent draft pick. Uh, by the Seahawks, and then he played for the Houston Texans last year. But uh, he looks to be the guy that probably get the left guard spot. But all of that is to be determined as they go into uh, training camp in about a month. Well, the one thing we know, Red, for sure, is that Derrick Henry is the starting running back behind whatever offensive line permutation the Titans decide to put out on the field. My question for you, and it's got to be asked, with missing a large portion of last season uh, after what had happened to him, 
Uh, what do you think they can realistically expect Henry to do in 2022? Can they can they really blink their eyes and say this is the same guy that he was two years ago, or do they have to make some adjustments? Well, I think what you got to look at is, and this is kind of the thing that Titans fans around here have been asking all summer is, well, you know, how how's his rehab been going? Well, he hasn't been rehabbing at all. He came back and had 20 carries in the playoff loss to the Bengals in the divisional round of the playoffs in January. So he, you know, after missing nine games, missing half the season, he came in and had considerable work. Now, was he the same person then? No, that was his first game back. But, you know, he does all these crazy workout videos that you see on social media where he's basically lifting a Volkswagen with one arm or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think he's going to be all right. And, and that's the thing about this, this offense. You know, it's based on outside zone run. And you know, I think you're right in the fact that whoever they put in there, they're going to do their dead level best to, you know, make sure everything is running that way because that's the way this offense is predicated on those things. But uh, realistically – I, I don't. I don't think they see any limitations with him whatsoever, uh, and I'd say 1,500 yards uh, would be a nice year for him. And anything north of that would be, you know, really good. He had the Jones fracture of the fifth metatarsal on his right foot and a pretty large plate and five screws in that. But uh, he had, appears to have no signs of slowing down whatsoever. He looks great. And that's in a small sample size, of course, in the the off-season workouts I've seen. What are they expecting to get out of Hassan Haskins, who I think could, in fact, be a player in that backfield if he comes along quickly? Well, I I think at the very least, that that was an interesting pick in day three of this year's draft because, you know, the way I look at that is that's an insurance policy towards the future because, you guys have seen enough of his games. That guy is a hammer of a mm-hmm. back. Is he Derek? Is he Derek Henry? I don't know. I mean, he's you know he's a good sized guy, but he's not six three two forty seven. Um, but but knowing what kind of back he is, he certainly can can make his way into this rotation uh, if they're hesitant at all about what you know Derek Henry can do in this. Now that's a crowded bunch right now. They have Dontrell Hilliard, who they needed down the stretch after, you know, Derek got hurt last year. He is back in that mix. Um, they they have several guys back there. In fact, uh, uh, the former Colt, Jordan Wilkins, is also back there as well, who, you know, is a core special teamer and can catch it out of the backfield. But I think Hazan Haskins certainly has a place on this roster, um, and I think, you know, it, it's going to be a, a way a lot of rookies find their way on, you know, his, his core special teams and spelling, you know, Big 22 if he needs uh, some help there. Rhett, real quickly, we'll we'll wrap up on the offense. I just, you know, nothing had been mentioned a little bit about the uh, wide receiver position. You know, the Titans live eight, they lose A.J. Brown. Obviously, there was a contract uh, disagreement there, a little breakdown, if you will. So, you know, what do they do? They go out and get a free agent, Robert Woods, who is, this, you know, a guy that can is very reliable if he can stay healthy. One of the things that I like, and I'm, I'm intrigued about this, I'd love to hear your, your take on this, is, is Austin Hooper. You know, you look at the Titans, not la- as particularly last year, but the year before, they, they stood out as a team that really identified and used their tight end position pretty good. I think Austin Hooper is going to be a guy that will be able to help them. And then, of course, Traylon Burks, their number one draft pick out of Arkansas. We all liked him coming out of college. Um, try maybe talk a little bit about those and, and what happened in minicamp with Traylon. I understand he had, had asthma or something. Is that one of the reasons why he was out? Yeah, let's address that first. He he does have asthma, and I think they're trying to find you know the right balance for him and whatever that is with medication inhaler, whatever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he he was he participated in several of the organized team activities, but he did not participate uh, out on the field with his teammates uh, during the mini camp. Uh, but uh, they feel like that's something they'll have addressed and ready for him to go. Uh, by the time training camp kicks off here in a month. Really like that pick. If you're going to lose A.J. Brown and, and you end up having to trade him away, you get another A.J. Brown. He's a big, big, big dude, physical yeah. receiver. Yeah, and he did it every week against top competition in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, anybody that, that has seven catches for 172 yards and, and a score against Alabama's defense, that's, you know, that's doing pretty good <laughs> in my book. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, the, the other parts of this receiving core, you hit Nick Westbrook-Akina is an undrafted guy that's been on the roster now a third year. And he's a bigger, you know, he's a, he's a three, he's wide receiver three, but he's a big, 
a strong receiver that they have there. You mentioned Robert Woods, who's not yet a year removed from the ACL injury that he had. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe he starts on the pup list, mm-hmm. although he's done more in the offseason than I anticipated. But you hit the nail on the head with Austin Hooper. This is something that this Titans offense missed in the terms of explosive plays on offense from other than the wide receiver position. Jonu Smith, they lost in free agency a year ago to the Patriots. And I feel like, and that's no slight towards the guys in that tight end room right now, but they didn't have that uh, explosive or athletic gifted player to make red zone plays. And let me tell you, Ryan Tannehill uh, and Austin Hooper are already well acquainted, and I see them making connections in red zone drills uh, with regularity. And don't forget, they got Chega Conquo, uh, <laughs> the, the rookie from Maryland, who actually uh, I think is going to be a nice addition to that room as well. Yeah, I just I left his name out because I just didn't want to pronounce it. But I wanted. To, I wanted <laughs> but I was I was just actually well, read. Yeah, I was hoping that you would you mention that, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just leave that up to me. No yeah, problem. I got that. That's fine. That's an inside joke to my guys that I work with every day. They know that I can butcher names, so I just left it out. Right. I'm curious. <laughs> you didn't mention Des Fitzpatrick, and, and I know last year, you know, when he came in, he he had some cred coming out of school, and and yet I know the production wasn't there. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Is he in this mix at all? He is, and, and you know that's he's kind of the forgotten guy in all of this. And you know he was actually cut and then brought back onto the roster later on as the Titans went through a myriad of injuries. You know they had ninety-one guys, ninety-one different players that played on that roster in twenty twenty-one, a dubious NFL record. Uh, but yeah, he was actually cut at the end of camp, and he was a fourth-round pick. Now here's the thing in his defense. And like a lot of receivers in college, he was not asked to run a full route tree. And so, it, you know, it was a whole new learning curve for him. But I see things from him in these OTAs in minicamp where I'm like, okay, I see a place where he can, you know, add something to this. Because he got some snaps and he got some playing time down the stretch of the season. Just not as much as you'd like to see. But I think, you know, having a trip around the sun with the club, now he may be able to help cement himself in this. And let's not forget, there's one other kid they drafted in the sixth round, Kyle Phillips from UCLA, a smaller slot receiver who I think will fill that role quite nicely. They've been looking for somebody since they picked up Adam Humphreys from Tampa in free agency a few years ago, and Adam couldn't really stay healthy. And so they've been looking for some element uh, to replace since that. And I, I think that Kyle Phillips is a young man who will probably do well in that role. That shifty slot type of wide receiver that Humphreys took yep. on. And you brought up injuries, Red, and that also impacted the defensive side of the ball. But what jumped out to me last season was the fact that I'm sure as you spoke with your colleagues in covering the team in 2020, they had 19 sacks. They were at the bottom of the NFL. All of a sudden, they jumped to 43 last season. It's hard to overlook that. And I think Bud Dupree's... His presence in the mix certainly helped, but Bud Dupree wasn't even fully healthy for the entire season. So what I'm getting at, Red, is do you think that last season was a flash, or is that something that you think they could build upon where this is one of the premier pass rushes in the NFL? I will tell you this, and I'm probably a little biased because I've covered this team for 25 years since they came to the Mid-South. But I'll tell you this, they this is going to end up being what I believe to be one of the more special defenses that they've had since they have become the Titans 23 years ago. And the reason I say that, you mentioned Bud Dupree. The big catalyst that really helped was getting Denico Autry away from many, the Indianapolis Colts. And he had a nice year. He had nine, nine and a half sacks. They, they kept Harold Landry in, in this offseason and paid him in a monster contract. And now Bud Dupree is a year plus removed from a, a repaired ACL and should be back to normal. And and we've seen Harold Landry be consistent, but he's never really had that guy opposite him where he can really, you know, as they say, eat like everybody else eats. But the one thing that is is the big factor in this Titans defense, first of all, you have 10 of 11 starters returning, Mm -hmm. and Jeffrey Simmons up front on that line. He's the best defensive lineman not named Aaron Donald. And I'm I'm honest when I say that because – he is getting that reputation around the league as a game record, game changer. And if you ever had any doubt, go back and look at the film when they were, uh, what was that, on Sunday Night Football against the Rams and about week seven or eight, maybe week nine, 
He had three, three and a half sacks and just tore it up. Now, they lose uh, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, both draft picks in free agency, and they move on from them. Uh, a guy that they got in the sixth round of the 2019 draft, David Long from West Virginia, and then Zach Cunningham, Cunningham, the former Houston Texan that they pick up uh, last year. Those are the middle linebackers in this. And the secondary is as good as it's been in quite some time. Kevin Byard is all pro at safety, and Imani Hooker in year four is, you know, from, from Iowa is doing really well. The young Christian Fulton they drafted three years ago from LSU. The, the X factor in all of this, and they took Roger McCrary from Auburn, uh, who I think is going to be really nice. The X factor in what will make this defense from really good to great is cornerback Caleb Farley that they took a year ago from Virginia Tech, who has all the prototypical traits, but health has been the issue. Mm-hmm. And if he can be a considerable uh, contributor to this defense, this defense will be lights out. But to answer your question in a long, long form, 19 to 43 sacks is not a mirage. The franchise record was set by the 2000 Titans defense with 55 quarterback sacks. I think this Titans defense in 2022 has a chance to bust that. You know, Red, as good as the Titans have been, they they certainly have a number of guys coming off of injury this year who, if they max out and they actually rehab very well, they can give you some very significant snaps. You just mentioned Farley as another guy. But but what about uh, Rashad Weaver, who, you know, I remember he, he busted his leg last year. When he was coming out, he was considered one of those second-level pass rushers in the draft. I don't think I don't think people should sleep on him. You are a million percent correct with that. And, again, kind of <laughs> like Des Fitzpatrick, he's kind of the forgotten guy in that rotation. Um he broke his leg uh, week three, I believe it was, after they – yeah. Yeah, because they, they won it overtime in, in Seattle in week two. And week three, he broke his leg and was put on IR. He has come back from that and uh, is, is working his way back onto the practice field. And uh, you're right in, in Rashad Weaver, who is a long, rangy prospect like that, who for his size and length, has some bend to him that is, you know, uncharacteristic of guys his size. I think he is a guy that now that he's been in the weight program and, and nutrition and, and, you know, working like a madman to get back, I think he can certainly contribute in the rotation for that. And, yeah, Rashad Weaver should be a name to watch in this Titans defense and situational pass rush stuff. So, Red, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had to do – I'm just going to say three things. Three things that the Tennessee Titans um, – for the New York Giants going to be able to beat them, what are they going to have to do to uh, to stop this team in the first game of the season? Well, you know, here's the one thing about Titans fans around here. They're like, oh, it's just the New York Giants. They were terrible. <laughs> well, that's what they like, everybody whoa, whoa, says. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but hold up a second here. You got a new chapter with a new head coach, a new general manager. You know, Danny Dimes is still there at quarterback. We don't know, you know, exactly where Saquon Barkley is from. You know, we don't get a lot of New York Giants news here, although, you know, unless you were just really hardcore and following it. But you're, you're going to have to stop their run game. Uh, you're going to have to get to, to Daniel Jones, and you're going to have to affect him, and I think the Titans defense could do that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the, the obvious is that you've got to have uh, a previous form healthy Derrick Henry to run the ball and keep the offense, you know, keep that out of the, the Giants offense and just effectively run that stuff. And, you know, hopefully you've got some of your offensive line and your receivers things figured out. Although, you know, everybody's got nine months to prepare for their first, uh, their first opponent. And sometimes those things go crazy and wacky in week one, but you know, you got to do those things in base. Just a real quick follow-up on that. So as far as that, you know, offensively, do you think that there's a need for the Titans to go out and find maybe one more veteran receiver? And, you know, I look at this receiver. I mean, you've got you got the new rookie that's coming in. Obviously, he's going to be a big fit. Uh, Robert Woods, again, his health is a question. And then after that, I don't I don't really see much, if you will, as far as depth when it comes to the young wide receivers. Would that be something that the Titans may want to do here before the season starts? I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because of the things that you mentioned. The depth. You know, you have a rookie who is unproven. You have a guy in Robert Woods that might be on the pup list to start the year. 
And then you've got guys, if you're outside of this market, you go, who's that? You know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of deal. Right. Uh, and they actually have some money freed up. You know, they, they, the experiment with Julio Jones did not work. They cut him prior to the, you know, the new fiscal year with designation for post-June uh, 1, you know, in terms of the cut. So they got that money back, about $10 million bucks. So they've got a little money to play with, and they signed most of their draft class. So it would not surprise me at all if they went after a veteran to solidify that core. Red, by the way, if if you don't mind, you can go right ahead and have the Titans sleep on the Giants week one. We would not mind that at all. <laughs> you, you, you could tell them that uh, nothing to worry about, nothing to see, just kind of doze off and walk into that first game without any worries. That, that's okay with us. <laughs> I'm sure you would love nothing better. And I, I guarantee you that's what Mike Vrabel is going to tell these guys. Sure. Today. Uh, they oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. in about a month is like hey no time to sleep boys i don't care if they're out of your conference and we don't see them but every four years and what they did in 2021 or what they didn't do in 2021 uh, it, you know how many how many times guys have we seen week one scores just be bananas i mean mm-hmm. think about this i the one that sticks out to me last year is because of the hurricane that came through new orleans you had a displaced game at a neutral site in jacksonville and, and you know, Jameis Winston throws uh, scores five touchdowns, and they down the Packers in Week One. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have two percent cash back on purchases and zero percent interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June thirtieth, twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Never, never underestimate your un, never underestimate your opponent, especially in the NFL. That's for sure. Well, and especially that in the first true. quarter of the season, too, yeah. because you know things are still in the feel it out process. Yeah. Now, Rep, before we let you go, interestingly, the Giants obviously are going to be playing the entire division this year. And as somebody who's quite familiar with the divisional foes, Indianapolis bringing in Matt Ryan, Jacksonville now has Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, year two. How much more competitive? Do you think the AFC South could be this year overall, given some of the movement in that division? Well, I'll say this, and this is no discount to Houston and to Jacksonville because they're obviously digging digging out of the doldrums. But I think both of those teams are going to be better. And listen, this is addition by subtraction. I would take Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer. We, we hope that Urban Meyer would stay in a lifetime contract <laughs> with the mistake he was making. <laughs> but, you know, they've got they've got their franchise quarterback who that was your – if I'm a Jacksonville fan, I was worried the most about is that Urban Meyer would ruin him in this whole thing. And, you know, Travis Etienne, they took his teammate, didn't even get to play because he tore his ACL. You know, they've got some, some things there and had a lot of money in, in the offseason and, and spent some money that way and – you know, Houston, I think, will be a little a little better. Uh, they they think Davis Mills is their guy, the third round pick from Stanford last year. Um, that remains to be seen. Indianapolis is obviously the one that the Titans are going to be competing with, and I think they, you know, are going to be markedly better with a Matt Ryan over um, over Carson Wentz. You know, we saw how all that ended and ended poorly, and you know, it, from all the reports, Jim Ursay wanted him out of there no matter what it took or what it cost. <laughs> And they were able to accomplish that. Uh, and Matt Ryan, you know, hasn't had much of a chance with the way that Atlanta's going the last, you know, since their Super Bowl appearance, I guess, when they were up 28-3. And uh, so, I, you know, they definitely have uh, a lot of weapons on the, on all three phases, really. Uh, and, and that's who they'll be competing with. But I think the, you'll see a little improvement uh, from Jacksonville and Houston but it'll be the Titans and the Colts battling it out. Hey, Rhett, before we let you go, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Adoree Jackson. You know, the Giants had him last year, and I thought he played well, but but you got to see him for four seasons, although there were certainly a lot of times where he was unavailable because of injury. A former first-round pick. The Giants need him to be a cornerback number one this year. James Bradbury is gone. He's in Philadelphia. And Jackson can't be the number two corner. He now has to be the number one corner. Because Tennessee drafted him in the first round back in 17, they must have had a very strong belief he could be a number one corner. You saw him a lot more than we've only seen him only one season. How much does his skill set transfer or or translate to being a number one guy? Was it really the injuries that prevented him from becoming a breakout corner more than anything else? Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Uh, I know that, you know, he had track speed coming out of, of UCLA and 
certainly, I'm sorry, a, a USC, and you know certainly has the the closing speed to take care of things and the coverage skills. Uh, you know, he he was good in plaster coverage and those kinds of things. And and you're right, he missed a lot of time in his last you know season and a half, whatever it was, here with the Titans. And you know, I think one mistake that was made is you know, when Mike Malarkey was the head coach. They tried to make him a return guy because he'd done a little of that in college. It never really stuck, and and it, you know, of course, you know that's a kamikaze game there. And he's a little, you know, he's a wiry, undersized guy, and he's a small corner. Reminds me of a guy we used to have named Samari Roll, who was taller mm-hmm. but real yep. thin, wiry, but you know, was really tough and good in plaster coverage and and man to man. But um, they tried that; it didn't work. And uh, and then he got dinged up later on, you know, in his career as a Titan. But I, you know, I think he can be a number one, uh, provided that the health is there. In fact, you guys in the last year or two have had a bunch of uh, oh, yeah. Titans guys in your in your secondary. Um, but yeah, Adoree certainly has the the skills and athletic traits, and, and he's had some. You know, he's got experience, so he's just got to put all that together. And yeah. the onus is on him. Well, Rep, between Brandon. Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson, they had half of the tight end secondary. So there you go, in terms of what they were working <laughs> right. with last season. So there's certainly a lot of connections between both organizations, and they will square off week one in Tennessee. He is Red Bryant, pregame host for the Titans Radio Network. Red, greatly appreciate the time and the insight, and look forward to speaking down the road. Thanks so much. Stay well. Thanks, Red. Gentlemen, gentlemen, yeah, I appreciate that very much. Uh, thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing you guys in week one. You got Absolutely. it. Enjoy your summer. You got it. Our pleasure. Rep Ryan with us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live, breaking down the ins and outs of Tennessee, the Giants' week one opponent. few reminders before we open up the conversation. Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925, or you can visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Also, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925. For this one, you visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. So, as I mentioned, we're going to really start delving into all of the Giants' opponents moving forward over the next few weeks as we set the stage for the upcoming season. But, guys, let's react a little bit to what Red had to say and the outlook for this Tennessee team because unlike other opponents, there's not as much to speculate about with Tennessee because the Giants are going to see them right out of the gates. Now, hey, sometimes week one all of a sudden brings about some crazy results, which Red got into. Tennessee lost a lopsided game to Arizona in week one last year, and then all of a sudden, you know, Tennessee regrouped. So that, to me, is the perfect example. But this is the two-time defending AFC South champs. The core is back. I mean, he mentioned the the bulk of the defense, right? Jeff is returning. So chemistry, to me, is not as big of a question mark for this team as maybe another opponent that has a new coach and the core is not as much intact. I think with the Titans, it's a matter of um, and and by the way, you know John Robinson, their GM, they had nine draft picks this year, and obviously, you know, all of them are not going to play a role in winning games and this and that. But when you look at the nine draft picks, they 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 went through there and picked a lot of depth on offense. They got some guys that can come out and play. Malik Willis is not going to unless. You know, Tannehill gets hurt, or he's just absolutely just goes into the dumps. This is the this is their future. But I I feel like this team is just kind of like a more hey we drafted these guys, we kind of got some free agents to build our depth and improve our football team. This is going to be a really good football team. One thing we do know that this team is very well coached, <laughs> and so sure. you know, and that that means that makes a big difference. And I feel like if you look at the New England Patriots, usually in the first quarter of the season. They're always trying to figure things out, too. And then the next thing you know, they go on and they win 11, 12 games every year. So I feel like the Titans are a little bit similar to this. And I feel like this, this team is going to this is going to be a tough matchup for the Giants. And don't think, you, you know, that they're going to just march in there and beat this team and these guys just lay down. It's just you got to you got to play well. And so but one thing that's going to be good about the Giants this year is that teams can't really game plan because they don't know anything about this team yet. And so that might that might kind of have a an effect on this team early and maybe win a game or two here and might be this first one that teams just don't know who the Giants are in terms of their schemes and their offense and defense. 
Well, it's a little bit of the unknown. Interestingly, though, Jeff, you know who Tennessee played last season? They played both Buffalo and oh, Kansas sure, City yeah, in yeah. consecutive weeks. Yeah, and I think way. they play them again this year, um, the Bills, I think. I think they could very well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was only bringing it up because of, of the course. Brian Dable connection yeah. and also my Kafka. So maybe you go back, you look at some of that film will. as a way, right, but to prepare for the Giants. Yeah. See, there are yeah. several reasons. You know, when I logistically look at the schedule every year and then I try to pick out the positives and the negatives, I looked at this as a big positive for the Giants. And it wasn't because of Tennessee's record, because they're a contender. That would be a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Here are the positives. You're 100% correct, Lance. That Tennessee team. Dayball and Kafka know everything there is to know about them, and quite frankly, so does Wake Martindale. Let's not forget that either, coming over from Baltimore. So the Giants coordinators, and I'm leaving out Thomas McGahee, I understand that, but I'm talking offense and defense. They know everything there is to know about the Titans, and the Titans don't necessarily know everything there is to know about the Giants. So I thought that was a positive. The other positive that I liked about this is that we don't know exactly, as you listen to him talk about Derrick Henry, where is Derrick Henry coming off of a significant injury last year? We don't know that he is going to be the 30-carry-a-game bell cow who's going to grind out 220 yards against the Giants week one. We don't know that, especially behind a reshuffled offensive line. So I would expect that you could go into that game saying their running game is going to be suspect. You don't know that that's the real Derrick Henry at this point. You just don't. And then on top of that, the passing game without A.J. Brown, that's a big hit to their passing game. We've just heard how their wide receiver room is rather questionable. So I'm saying to myself, all right, questions in the passing game, questions in the offensive line, questions in the running game, and on the defensive side where they're all set, The Giants have coaches who know all about that defense already. Hey, I'm going to be frank with you. I'm thinking upset special. I'm thinking this was a very good opponent for the Giants to start the season with. Well, a few things. First of all, Henry did return for yeah, that for playoff 20 game. carries. Paul. Yeah, yeah, big so, whoop-de-doo. I know, Means but I, I don't really – to me, it'd be more of if he was done for the season and didn't return, I then think there's, there's much more of a question mark for Henry. The fact that he already got back out there and he's on a normal off-season program because he was obviously good enough to play in that playoff game, I don't know if there's that much of a question mark. And here's the other thing. We talked about they drafted Hassan Haskins, who played a huge role in Michigan. And you know Tennessee's identity, guys, is running the football. They've made that crystal clear even since Tannehill was acquired two years ago. So you know they're going to come in. They're going to want to run the football. Whether Henry gets 30, whether he gets 20, whether he gets 17, they're going to have some mixing and matching of a run game. So what I was going to get to, actually, I think this is a great test for Wink Martindale to get a better read on his unit in how they defend the run. I mean, we could sit here all we want and talk about Thibodeau and Ojolari and Leonard Williams and how many sacks these guys are going to get. If they can't stop the run, they don't it have really to doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, to me, yeah. I look at this. This is a great test for the Giants' run defense to see where they are in the early stages of the season. See, there's no yeah. way they're going to make Henry the ball cow in week one. Coming off Why? of this, because Why? coming he off had of twenty coming off in the playoff of, game, yeah, yeah, but he is still coming off a significant injury that was a cameo appearance. How many months ago? And they've got a rebuild yeah, so offensive he's had line. All those months Lance, to recover. Them. There is known as chemistry between a running back and a new offensive line. If you don't understand that, I can't help you. No, of course they I are not going to be able to say Derrick Henry, you're getting the ball 25 times, and we expect 170 yards out of you this week. They're not going to be able to do that. I don't think anyone They're goes not. and saying we're automatically get 170. Well, this I is a guy who ran you. for 2,000 yeah. yards in 2020. He's going to get 140. That's what he averaged. Are you, are you going to get that? I don't think they can. I don't think they can expect that. Well, I, 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 I don't disagree. think they can. I, I think That's that they okay. are going to give him the ball, and they're going to test yeah. this Wink Martindale defense to stop the run. And if the Wink Martindale defense does stop the run, then I think they got a good chance to win because I, I'm not a true believer in Ryan Tannehill. And by the way, Traylon Burks is not. He, he Rhett said it well. They went out and drafted a Tra- Traylon Burks as another AJ Brown. AJ Brown is way better than Traylon Burks. It's still physically they might be the same, but the, but I still think that this team is dangerous. I think this is a very well coached team, and this is a tough matchup for the first game for the Giants, in my opinion. I, that's just that's me going. So, 
Uh, well, that's more of a reason why you want to stop the run because yeah. this is one of those games where you want Tannehill to have to throw the football. There you Especially go. Especially if, if Robert Woods is not fully healthy. See, to me, Paul, Robert Woods is more of the question mark. See, I thought where you make the case about you don't know what you're going to get out of him, I would make the case more for Robert Woods than Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. Because yeah. no Woods doubt. is coming off a torn ACL. No doubt. Woods did not return last season for the Rams' Super Bowl run. He's more of a wild card than Derrick Henry, months removed from an injury and who already came back and returned for a playoff game. So Woods, I'll buy more than Derrick Henry. I would say from a philosophical standpoint, there's no way that the Titans are going to go into week one of this season with Henry, with a shuffled offensive line saying, we need you to be the old Derrick Henry of two years ago. You're going to carry the ball 25 times for 140 yards in week one against the Giants. I think you're sadly mistaken if you believe the Titans think that. I don't think 20 carries is crazy for week one. I really don't. I don't think 20 carries and then you mix in Haskins and some of their other complimentary backs. And that's assuming they have success on the ground. But why would they be so timid after months of him recovering, going through the offseason program, playing in a playoff game, to give him 20 carries if the game flow allows for that? Why is 20 an enormous hurdle for him to overcome? I just I don't understand the logic behind that. I don't see them immediately saying, Derek, we're going to forget about anything that happened in the last year and a half. We're just going to immediately assume you're the 2020 Derrick Henry in week one. Very few coaches do that. Very few. But most coaches will start week one by giving everybody a taste, by weaning everybody in anyway. Week one is always a feeling out. If you ever watched a boxing match, you'll know that rounds one, two, sometimes even round three, they're feeling out rounds. That's where guys are trying to feel out what do I have what can I do? What can I do? How is my guy coming off, scraping off the rust? There's a feeling out period. This is not if you're playing Tennessee in week six, where Henry's probably going to get the ball 27 times and run for 175 yards. I couldn't agree with you more if it was Tennessee Titans against the Giants in week five. I see in an over in week one, I totally disagree with you. If, John, well, if John's listening to this, he can, this is a definite over-under question for week one. Yeah, it <laughs> 20 will carries or more, over-under Derrick Henry. You're going under. I, well, yards, I'd rather have the yardage one. I'd rather have the yardage one. You want to go with 140, well, he'll it's pro- going to be under. I guarantee it. Well, but see, the yardage, I don't disagree with you. I think the yardage, of course, is going to be a wild card because it's going to be dependent on the production of the offensive line and also game flow. But as far as carries, I don't think Titans are going into this game saying, oh boy, if we give Derrick Henry 20 carries, we're going to be in trouble because as Jeff pointed out, Paul, what's the rationale then in giving him 20 carries in his first game back immediately after the injury? How would you feel comfortable doing that's that? That's a playoff game. No, no, that's a playoff doing game. Doing it months away. You understand, well, playoff games are do or die. So if they could get that guy on two legs getting out of bed in the morning, he was going to play in that playoff game, and because they need him to win a do-or-die game, he's getting those 20 carries. In week one of the 2022 season, where there's very little on the line. Nine months later, though? Yeah, I just, I don't Uh, get it. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, look at his track record, We got to get the callers, rather than this ridiculous conversation. How about we go to Randy Bullock? Since oh, Jeff Eagles is here, Mr. Special Teams. Well, no, I don't want to talk about Red. If we're going to do that, I'll, I'll talk about Brett Kern all day. He's probably he's one of the best punters I've ever seen. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and he tell, is please, please explain no, that. He, he, he doesn't get a lot of ink. No, but he's but he's a perennial Pro Bowl guy, and he's also he puts the ball wherever you want it to go. Um, he is really good. I didn't have a chance to ask Rhett, and he probably would have talked to him, talked about him for 10 minutes. He is really, really good. <laughs> Um, and remember, Randy Bullock, he started his career here. Remember? Well, he had, he had a cup of coffee with the Giants. It was literally a cup, of a cup of coffee. He coffee with the Jets. Yeah. 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 yeah, with Cincinnati. No he kind of yeah, hung famous. on with Cincinnati for a while, and then they, they drafted the other kid. Had some pastries with some teams, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brett Kern is, is, really, is, is really good. Um, but, you know, this, this whole team is good. This is, a, this is a, again, this, they're, they're going to be competing with Indianapolis in this division. Um, and like you mentioned, Lance, they're two-time division winners, which I think yep. they're. I, I'm going to pick them. I, I, you know, I don't. I'm not so. I'm not a Matt Ryan at this level at this at his age fan right now. I think in his prime he was really good. I, I don't know if he's that good enough that you know Rhett was giving him a lot of credit. Although I'm I'm very happy that they shipped Carson Wentz out of there and into our division. I'm very happy about that <laughs> because I just don't think he can play either. So I think that you know I think that this is the team to beat. 
in that uh, South Division. I really do. Well, you know, I th- yeah. go, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead, Paul. That's no, right. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I'm good. No, I was just going to say, I think you could actually make a case. The Colts, I think, are a more balanced team than Tennessee. Well, no, I, I agree with you. I'm just worried about the quarterback position, although they can run the football, so they're not going to have to rely on the quarterback a whole lot, you know. But that defense for Indianapolis, that's pretty good, too. And I think yep. that, you know, so they're a very well-rounded football team like the Tennessee Titans. And again, we always talk about the quarterback position as the most important position there is on the field, and both of these teams understand that. Ryan Tannehill, to them, he can't win games in the playoffs for them. They gave him all that money to get him there, but he can't do anything in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, there are always going to be critics for every player. No matter how good they are, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like that guy. Yeah, like me. And, and, and <laughs> no, 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 no I, and I understand that, but... The the critics of Tannehill will immediately go to the playoff game and mm-hmm. say, okay, you know what? Hey, as good as he can be and as many games as he can win, look at that. And so that will always haunt him until either A, he's out of the league. Right, or he or, wins. Or B, he overcomes yeah. one of those kinds of games. But and isn't wins that one. what you pay that position for? Okay, so now here's the problem. They draft a first-round quarterback. You know you know, even though it's Tennessee and the media is not as hot there as it is here. It's hot there, though. You know <laughs> they're going to give him a very hard time as it comes down the stretch if he should not get over the hump. Yeah. Well, Malik Willis is a guy that you know that he has a few years to go because he worked where he came from. He is not ready to play in the National Football League. No, not at all. Liberty. So yeah. the question becomes, is he a one-year red shirt or a two-year red shirt? Or one and a half. Don't know. Or a half. Don't know. <laughs> you never no, know. No, really. Don't know. Listen. How hot does the kitchen get on Tannehill before Willis becomes an option? And we all know Willis is going to have a lot to say about this based on his curve. Yeah. Well, I think that if there's ever a time for if they were going to – if something happened to T- Tannehill, whether his production was really bad, that they made a switch at the quarterback position, or there was an injury situation, this team has enough depth and their defense is pretty darn good and that they can probably – you know, survive, if you will. Um, you know, yeah. Well, Jeff, Jeff, they survived the Derrick Henry injury. Exactly, I was going to say. And so, you know, and, and again, we, we all of us liked um, Hassan. We liked him a lot coming out of Michigan. We watched him play. We talked to the guys from Michigan in our, in our scouting draft. Um, he's going to get some playing time no matter what. I mean, you just, unless, to your theory, if they're going to kind of ease Derrick Henry into this, I feel like that's the guy that's going to, going to do it for him because wasn't it Deontay Foreman? Was that the guy that ran last year that he yep, left as a free agent? And Dante Hilliard too. They had both, Don- of them. both of them. Yep. So I think that they can, you know, they did a good job with that. So again, at the quarterback position, if something happens, this team is very well built that they would be able to sustain that to a point. You know, I, th- I feel like bad quarterback play is always going to lose your football games. But I think that with a, with a very well-rounded in, and have a, a lot of depth, this team can do it. So we'll see what happens. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We're having some live stream issues. So unfortunately, those of you who are either tuning in or giving us a ring, just know that the show is on and not necessarily able to listen to it. We will have the full archive posted later on today on Giants.com, the mobile app and podcast. You'll be able to find that argument later. Correct. Exactly. Yes. But believe it or not, we still have a phone call. So somehow through higher powers, somebody has been able to come through and be able to listen to the program. So that is certainly good. Yes, exactly. And that is Jerome in Charlotte who joins us right now on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Jerome? Hey, Jerome. Hey, hey, guys. I love the show. Um, I was thinking, um, I know Barkley and um, Daniel Jones are fighting for a new contract, but I've been thinking, like, who the big money contractors, um, I can't think of all of their names, but who really have to have a good year to stay on the team? Or or to get another you know, contract. You mean. Uh, yeah, where the Giants can. Well, Dexter Lawrence, for example, He's they gave one him the fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. They picked that up. So, I mean, I think that's a guy that knows, hey, he doesn't have the long-term security, mm-hmm. so he's playing for a new deal. I think he certainly comes to mind. If you're looking at the young guys, it goes without saying, as the caller mentioned, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, well, we think, know both I of think, those situations. Uh, Dex would be third on the list. 
Um, like the I can't think of the receiver. Um, Shepard gave a lot of money. Oh. oh, you're talking about Galladay. Uh, Galladay. 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 Um. Um. Who else got him inside the defensive end or defensive um, lineman? They had a big contract, and um, the corner that got big contracts. Who really have to stand out to? I mean, have a good year in order to stay with the team or the Giants can, you know, once you're guaranteed money gone, we can let you go. Well, I think you're talking about Leonard Williams, right? Is that who you're talking about? I think that's who he's referring to. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, listen, you know, here's how this works. When you sign for big money, you better better start playing. You're built in for a few years because it's just the way that the, the, the salary cap works and the contracts work. Eventually, that, that, that comes to the time where, like you're asking, is it w- which one of these guys has to continue to play well to command the type of salary that they're going to get in their second or third year deal? I think that Leonard Williams next year will be in his third year, right, Paul? Is that this third year of his new yeah. deal? That's, that's absolutely correct. I think that Leonard Williams is going to have to come out and do something special because this team is moving in a different direction as far as salary cap and personnel. So, you know, that's that's one of the guys I would think. And then, of course, Dexter Lawrence, like you said, Lance, is probably another one of those guys. The other ones are, are just they're all too young. I mean, these guys are, you know, as far as, you know, the rest of these group. I mean, Adoree Jackson might be one that you could say, hey, can Adoree have to play well this year in order to to have another year under his contract? I don't know if he has another year under his contract after this. Well, I think everybody that was not brought in by the new regime, right, you could argue, has a big year, right? Because Joe Shane and Brian Dable could turn around and say, well, we gave them a year. We wanted to see whether or not they were a good fit. We're ready to move on from them. So I think everyone falls under that label. But once again, Daniel Jones, Barkley, and Lawrence are more at the expiring rookie contract level. So I'd put them at a little different level than the others because some of the other guys we threw out have been veterans or they've gone from team to team. So there's enough film out there that god forbid they're not with the giants i think maybe they have other options to fall back on if you're a rookie you don't pan out i think that makes it a little bit more challenging Mm -hmm. to move on to another team see jerome what you have to understand more good players will be cut from your team because of salary cap problems than it will be because the team doesn't want them on the field anymore well yeah look at that's just the way it works bradbury's a fine prime just the way it works yeah Sure. Okay. That that's the nature of what this salary cap and the and the CBA and free agency. That's the system that they created when they put this crap in place many years ago. They made it so that you will have more salary cap cuts than you will quality player uh, performance cuts. That's just the way it happens. As, you know, as much. Hi, as, Jerome. Appreciate the phone thank call. Thank you, Jerome. Thanks so much for joining. If, if I can ask one more question. Sure. Real quick. Um, um, who might make um, uh, who might get traded midseason before the um, deadline trade deadline? Ah, Jerome, I mean, if boy, you're, you're really going off the <laughs> ladder today. My goodness, what are you? I'd appreciate the phone call. <laughs> I mean, we went from who's going to lose out on being on the team because of their contract to now who's going to be traded in October around the deadline. Mm. Can we play eight games first before we determine <laughs> wow. who exactly? It's going to be baseball perhaps now? on the are chopping like, block. Are trading yeah. for the playoffs? I mean, or what are we doing here? <laughs> they haven't you know? played one game yet. They're still <laughs> evaluating the guys on the roster. See, now that is the most ridiculous thing we've talked about today. Okay. You know, well, wow. at least we're ranking it. And yeah. really, wow. to, to, to his point, I, there, are, there are a few guys on here that have to – and like I said, there's probably a hand, like three or four guys that, that, that are up against that question. You know, big money. And, you know, if you got to play like Kenny Galladay, you're going to have to have more than – Zero touchdowns in order to keep that salary for next year. I can tell you that right now. And by the way, he will because they'll, they will put him in a position to be able to, to do that. Um, but it's hard to say. It's very hard to say because, you know, you never know. these. And again, like you said, Lance, I think is, is completely truthful, is that these are this is a new set of eyes on everybody. And this is the time where every one of these guys playing this season have to prove to this organization that they want some sustainability. They want to stay. Right. If not, then sure. Goodbye. Well, even more than just the production or the potential cap implications, 
it is a new administration. Yeah. New that's eyes. even more significant 100%. in terms of trying to prove what you need to do. Right. Well, and that's what I was emphasizing. I agree. Nobody is basically tied to the new regime, so you don't have that security blanket. I think, actually, to bring it back to reality based on that last question, if you look at this roster overall, guys, mm-hmm. and you could say this about pretty much the 31 other teams, how many guys really go into a season every year and say, I am 100% secure? What is there, maybe five, six guys on each roster in the NFL that you could say there's a good chance that they're going to stay put, that they're not going to be traded, they're not going to be cut, they're not going to be released. Outside of that, I mean, James Bradbury, Jeff, you brought up. Bradbury, after last season, do you think deep down inside he said there's a good chance I'm not going to be a giant this season? Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, I, don't I, th- think, I, th- I think he probably you, knew that. You think he knew that? Okay. Yeah, he got peppered for about five weeks at the end of last season from every one of the newspaper writers. Your contract is too expensive. You're going to get cut. And he got peppered with those questions for about five weeks. So, yeah, I think well, it, it had to be in his story mind. Line. No, it, no, I'm yeah, so you, it had to be but, in his mind. He had to well, realize it. But I guess I'm looking at it more from he may have heard those questions, but Paul, yeah, really could you say – yeah, exactly. Do you put substance in that? Because if I'm Bradbury, even if I'm hearing it, I'm also saying to myself, the if they get rid is. of me, who the hell are they replacing <laughs> exactly. me with? I'm the best that's what I would be asking myself, yeah. right, Jeff? And, and unfortunately, I mean, that's what I would be saying. And, and yeah. there, there are a lot of players, I would say most of the players are not up to date on what the heck is going on with the salary cap on their own team. They, they, could, they, they don't really... You know, it's you, not their responsibility. It's not. You, all you do yeah. is you're paying attention to yourself well, and they what have you're the, doing. They have the writers to tell them that. Oh, yeah, that's what can, it is. Yeah, that's and, exactly what happens. And they bring it up in their conversation. The distractions come from the outside understand understand. and and then they'll pepper the guy and they'll make the contract talk a distraction or at least try as much as they can and it's up to the player to either try to push it aside ignore it or he's gonna start letting it soak into his head because now it starts to affect him look Saquon Barkley's got the same problem right now he's in the last year of his deal He's been asked about this contract since li- since yeah. freaking last year. Sure. Yeah. They, but Barkley they, they, also has injury you know, history too, Paul. No question. So but the point is, it's and and quite frankly, Daniel Jones has been peppered with it too. This is what happens. The, this is why coaches and and Parcells used to call the media communist subversives, because it's the outside distractions that that will be caused by those questions because. No, none of the media, and this includes us to a degree, none of us want to, and the fans too, nobody wants to wait to let things play out. Everybody wants to know well ahead of time, how's that going to happen? Are they going to resign him or are they not going to resign him? No, folks, listen, it'll play out. In due time, it will play out. But nobody wants to let that happen, especially people who have to write and fill space for a living. They got to do all the speculation many, many months ahead. And what they do then, they will hammer and hammer and hammer and cause that distraction for the player or the team or the coach. That's what Parcells used to say all the time. And believe me, when he was coaching in the 80s, they didn't have Twitter and blogs and all this other crap (laughs) that adds to, to the coach's distractions because that's what they are. They're distractions for the coach and for the player. I don't think, though, it extends to the team, though, at least in the Giants' regard. Like, I don't think everybody in the locker room right now is saying, I wonder if Daniel Jones is going to get a new contract before the season ends. Something tells me I don't no, think that's a I big talking I'm point. I'm with you. I, I don't think in the locker room, I don't think the players as a whole really talk about it. You'd have to answer that question better, Jeff. I don't think that's talked about much amongst the players, but in terms of the individual who gets peppered every day at the, at the media sessions – it's 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 only human to think that it's going to be in the back of his head. He's not going to be able to totally lock it out. Well, sometimes you just can't avoid it. Sure. It, it, and, but one from the media. The second all is that when your agent does a deal, and then you get all this money up front. That's the only guarantee you ever get, right? The agent says to you, "Okay, you know what, Paul? You got your millions of dollars here, but you do realize it." And you know that going in. You know it going in, but you do realize in in year three, this is a ridiculous contract. You're probably not going to make it to this, but you. But hey, if if you make a Pro Bowl and you're an All Pro for the next two years, you might make this. You think the agents are honest enough with a lot of the players, and be. they tell them they, they they need to be. I don't know if they, no, they are. are. They or are. Do the play and do the players believe it? They're like, well, I, I'm not, not going to. Well, name no, names. listen. There's 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 a, little, a lot of them that don't believe. They believe that they're the best that's ever happened to this <laughs> game. Right. I'm not going to name a name. But I want you to, to, to respond to, to this scenario. To figure out who this, it is? This, I'm not, no, no, don't figure out who it is. I know a Giants player 
who in the course of the last some years re-signed a multi-year contract. And I remember talking to him and he was saying to me, oh, it's great. I'm going to be here for another X years. And he was citing the end of the contract. And I said to myself, there's no way in the world he's ever going to make it to the end of this contract well, because I see, how, I see how it's backloaded. He thinks he's going to make it to the end of this deal. He's got no chance. Right. No chance. Zero. And he really thought he was going to make it to the end of that contract. And any fool could tell you he was <laughs> never going to make it. I, because I, the numbers told you yeah. they're never going to be able to keep him. And you know what? They didn't. Well, they can't. It's just, it's, 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 right. And, and again, it's impossible. You, you, can, you can think all you want, but it, the, the economics of the game, and, and people can tell you all the time, well, you know, Jeff, the, uh, the salary cap's going up 20% next year, and it'll go up 10% the next year. So that's 30% in the next three years. You could easily make that. But the problem is, is that, you know, it, it's, it's incomprehensible the amount of money that some, some of these guys are going to get. It's just not going to happen. You know, and I'll tell you where they'll get it. If they're good enough, then they get restructured. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to just they'll say, okay, you know what? That money's a little too much for us. We're a little rich for now. But we're we're going to pay you it, but we're just going to add another year or two onto your. And those your don't happen all that often. No, they don't. But again, like I said, that guy has got to play well, so they he gives them a reason to keep him at that number. That's the problem. Listen, I could have been the highest paid punter in the history of everything. <laughs> On that last year of the contract, they could have said, you know what, Jeff? If my base salary was a million dollars, let's say, in your third or your fourth year, we are going to pay you sixteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Great! <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then that third year, they, when the new seat and you know, the new league year. Goodbye, Jeffrey. Exactly. And they just drafted a younger punter yeah. to make for, a for quarter six, of your money. Uh, yeah, a yeah. quarter. Not, yeah, for, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, See, you yeah. were brilliant enough to understand, and we've talked about this many times. I tell times. people all the time. You were brilliant because I, you understood the yeah. dangers in doing that. I, I, and, and prime example, I will tell you, is Lawrence was a prime example of this. I told Lawrence about this whole situation. Lawrence Times. Yeah. And he wanted to leave and go into free agency, and he he did not get the money he wanted, and he was forced to to sign with Kansas City again. And then he just, you know, un unfortunately he got he got he got sick, you know, he got the MRSA, uh, MRSA, that MRSA, right? Yeah, and he no, was they right. never yeah, they able to play again. Right. But the fact is, is that to this day, I believe that if if he had been smart enough to just say, okay, I'll take whatever they're going to give me, he would have played for another five years here. Right. You know, and been the all-time scorer of everything and this and that. I always wanted everybody to understand that when it comes to trimming the fat, when it comes to the end of the season and they're looking at numbers, they go right over me, right over me. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. He had a pretty good year. You want oh, to be he's, under only the radar, he's only making right? that much. Okay. Jeff, forget about it. You want to be under the radar. Yeah. Because I can tell you this and I tell guys all the time, young guys, go try to make the money that you make playing football somewhere else. Good luck. It's not going to happen. Take what they give you as long as you can get it and run with it. Don't price yourself out of the market. There you yep. go. Hopefully there's players listening to that. Thank you very much. Drop the <laughs> microphone, whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, clearly all of our listeners who are going to be in the NFL find that very helpful moving hey, well, forward maybe, when maybe, they negotiate their upcoming hey, Lance, contract. Maybe one, yeah. one person is like negotiating with a union job or something, and he's hey, going to do this. You know, Who knows? I mean, hopefully That's I'm true. helping someone. No, it relates to life. It's yeah, a good it lesson to it take really away. Does. Correct. Yes. Anyways. And with that, we will end the negotiations there, and we'll regroup. Come we'll back tomorrow at noon. <laughs> I'm just glad to know that Jeff Eagles will not be busting the announcer's salary cap here no, anytime I'm, soon. That is definitely no. I'm way under the radar for that one, so that's <laughs> yes, a good sorry. thing. Me and Lance both. He, he's carried his philosophy from his playing days over to the It's broadcast. very right. helpful. Yeah, so there you go. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Exactly. The yeah, Giants actually, are very thankful. We're, we're for two minutes over one. I get extra. Is, is this extra? Is this my contract for two minutes over? Do I get overtime here? <laughs> is that the clause? I don't yeah. know. Did you read it carefully, or did uh -oh. your agent sell you a bill of goods? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh -oh. Gotta be careful. That's what it is. Have been one of those clauses that doesn't hold weight. That's right. Based on Eastern Standard Time or whatever it may be. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. All right. We'll leave it at that. I'm, All right. No. Yes. No. One more thing you wanted to add? No. No. I'm still in okay. that case. I, I still got a couple hours to go if I'm on Arizona time. So correct. Yeah. You may yeah. have flexibility. That's true. Well, that's why I said make sure you read the fine print. Yeah. You don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Central right. or, or Western time. Okay. That's we good. move. We move on to Carolina tomorrow. Yeah. We do. The Carolina yeah. Panthers. We're on are to up Carolina. Tomorrow. That's right, on to Carolina. Well, you should save it for on to Cincinnati. When, I know, right? Well, unfortunately, yeah. we don't get to Cincinnati this year, yeah. so it doesn't work. But Thank yes, God. On yeah. to Carolina will work, All indeed. Right.
All right, that is going to wrap up Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Today's episode, part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Paul DeTino and Jeff Fiegels, I'm Lance Meadows. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. And by the way, your podcast page has been updated. I know because I looked at it myself, so there should be no issues anymore. All of the latest episodes should be available, not just on Giants.com, the mobile app, but your latest and favorite podcast platform. So that's good news that the tech team came through. We appreciate it. You promised we'll it. Back. You said they were. Well, you know, yeah, I didn't you give did. an exact timeline. I didn't give a timetable. I said it would take care of itself. Pearson it rocks. Pearson rocks. Yes. Pearson worked his magic. I'll and take full so. credit. <laughs> I right. would. Why not? We will be Nobody's gonna up get and you. running <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> at noon Eastern. Stay locked, as I mentioned, to Giants.com for all the latest. We'll speak to you tomorrow right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.